Hey guys, this week's episode is brought to you by Grove Collaborative. Grove takes the guesswork out of going green because they sell tons of products that are all natural, non-toxic, and healthy for your home and the planet. Plus, with your first order, they'll throw in a free five-piece Mrs. Meyers gift set, free shipping, and a free 60-day VIP trial when you sign up at grove.co slash YHL. That's grove.co slash YHL. I'm John. And I'm Sherry. We like home stuff. We like talking. And we like the occasional game show sound effect. So welcome to Young House Love Has a Podcast, where we have deep and not so deep conversations about DIY, design, and life at home. Today, we've rounded up all the little life hacks and sticking point solutions that you guys told us make your days, lives, and homes better, plus a bathroom reality check and a new money-saving tool we got for our kids. Folks, we have reached the boring middle part of the bathroom renovation. I call this the unglamorous middle. There's a very exciting start to a project usually. It might involve a dumpster. You all know I'm very excited by dumpsters. And like walls come down or you gut something and you rip something out. Like it looks full of promise. It looks very different. And you're raring to go. Yes, demos like exciting, big changes, visible progress. And we all don't need explanation for why the end is exciting, right? Oh, yeah. Finished room is exciting. Using the room for the first time is exciting. Well, even before that, like getting tile down, installing your bathtub, your mirrors, like there's lots of excitement at the end as things come back together to the final picture. But we're not there yet. We're in this dumb part. (laughs) It's the dumb, unglamorous middle part. To explain it to you, it's stuff your eyes can't even see. An example is that our subfloor was not adequate to hold tile. It was a half inch of plywood, and then it was this gross particle board on top, and particle board does not work for cement board and tile. So we needed to rip up the particle board, and it made our plywood too thin to support everything, right? Because we had removed some flooring. So now we have to put plywood back down to make it thick again and strong and ready for tile. Yes, and then on top of that, we also have to put a layer of cement board throughout the bathroom so that we can actually install the tile on that. So it's like we're basically rebuilding the floor twice, which I guess, yes, visually you can see it, but no, it's not, not, really. not really that exciting. Your eyes cannot tell the difference between one half inch of plywood and two half inches of plywood. Well, it'll be cleaner looking. It'll look newer, I guess. I guess. And it also is like labor intensive, we're realizing. Like we had to get all these big four foot by eight foot sheets of plywood home. And now we have to haul them up to the bathroom and cut them and slide it into place. Like it's not a little amount of work, but it is a little amount of pay. Right. Like, this is definitely the part they skip on every television show. Yeah, and I feel like even we kind of forgot about this stage. Like, even in the last episode, I think you said, we're going to demo, and then the electrician comes, and then we get to tile. Like, we skip (laughs) that step in our description. And I think it's because we actually haven't done this in a while. Like, I know it may seem from the outside, like, we do bathrooms all the time. Like, we did the six bathrooms at the duplex and the three bathrooms at the beach house all in the last three years. Like, that's a lot of tiling. But we didn't do this part. Right. The prep part was done by our contractor because remember, we're five hours round trip away from the beach house and duplex. So we really leaned on the subcontractors and the contractor that we had hired out there to get their jobs done so we could hit the ground running and get ours done. And we did pay for it. Remember how we talked last episode about how you pay a contractor to manage all of that and to do it. (laughs) So this is the first time we've prepped for tile in like... 
10 years? Well, it's been 10 years since our last bathroom, which was actually our first bathroom renovation in our first house. It was 10 years ago, you were pregnant with Mm -hmm. our daughter that we gutted our only full bathroom in our first house and renovated it. So the last time we did this prep step before tiling in a bathroom was 10 years ago. I did realize five years ago in our laundry room, we prepped the floor there. So it's been a long time since we've been through this process and it feels almost new again. It's almost kind of like relearning to ride a bicycle in a weird way. Right, we're doing something we've actually never done, which is figuring out a shower pan. Yes. (laughs) We've always had a bathtub under our shower. Right. We've always had the tub-shower combo. Yeah, except for the beach house and the duplex. But again, we didn't do that. We just did the tile. So this is our first time figuring out how to build our own shower pan. And cross all your fingers for me, guys. I've watched, I think, over an hour of YouTube videos at this point. Yeah. You're basically an expert at watching videos about it. Now we just have to do it. But we like to share with you how things really go. So we thought it was worth mentioning. Like, it's not all glamour over here. We're doing a lot of stuff your eyeballs probably can't even notice right now. But it's getting us closer to the exciting parts that our eyeballs will all notice very much. Yes. And now we are going to get into that discussion of sticking point solutions. You remember a few episodes ago, we talked about how there are these little improvements you can make around your house to make your daily routines easier and get rid of those kind of like annoying sticking points or pet peeves that you have during your day. You know, we gave some examples of ours, like putting our kids socks downstairs near their shoes so they weren't running upstairs to get their socks in the morning when we're trying to get everyone out the door to school. Right. And I mentioned that I was having a hard time remembering to do everything all at once, like take my vitamins every day. I like to put like cream and stuff on my face in the morning. So I started putting it next to my teacups in the upper cabinet in the kitchen. When I grab a teacup, which I do every single day, I see my vitamins and I do it all at once every day. It has helped my routine so much because it has become basically autopilot because of the placement of things being grouped together. Yeah, so you guys sent us a bunch of your own sticking point solutions. We can't share all of them today, unfortunately, but we're gonna try to represent the variety of them. And I'll say up front, like some of them you may already do or you may hear it and say like that wouldn't work for me for x reason like i know not all of these are going to be perfect solutions for everyone i think we even have a couple that might contradict each other slightly right i think it has to do with personality type household type even like locations of things or layout of your house but i think sharing these will hopefully give you some ideas for things to try and you can alter them to fit your scenario or your lifestyle and the other thing i wanted to mention is we got many many of these multiple times so So if we say like, Ali on Instagram said blah, there very likely were 10 other people who said essentially the same thing. Um, So thank you to everyone we heard from. We wish this could be 300 hours long and include all of it, but we're trying to encompass a wide range of the things we got that hopefully will spark ideas for everyone listening at home. Yeah. So let's actually start talking about morning routines because there was a lot of suggestions around how people are streamlining their morning routines or getting rid of those sticking points. The first one comes from Allie on Instagram, like Sherry mentioned. That's where I got that example. Yes. She said that in her bathroom, she wrangles all of the things she needs for her morning routine in a small plastic bin under her sink. And I know a lot of people probably wrangle their stuff under their sink. But the thing I liked about Allie's idea is she said in the morning, she pulls the bin out, puts it on the counter and takes each of the items out of the bin and sort of, I don't know, lines them up on her sink. Like, so they're all out. And one by one, she uses the item and puts it back into the bin. And so as she goes through her morning routine, sort of she is refilling the bin to go back under the sink. The thing that is helpful for her in that instance is it makes the routine autopilot. She's not forgetting a step. I don't know what all the steps are because mine are like deodorant, <laughs> beard cream, I'm done. But I understand there's a lot of steps for a lot of Look other people. Look in the mirror and say, I believe in you. Right. You are a good human being. My daily affirmations. <laughs> 
you can't fit those in a bin, everyone. But anyways, what Ali said is that autopilot is really helpful because if you're groggy in the morning, you don't want to, you know, get to work and realize like you've forgotten your deodorant by literally moving things back into the bin as she does them. It makes sure she doesn't forget something because then it would be left on the counter. That's exactly how I do my vitamins too, by the way. I take all the little containers out from the upper cabinet and I put them on the counter. I unpack my little vitamins and as I take them out, I put them back into the Lazy Susan in the cabinet. So I don't accidentally like take a hundred evening primrose, which by the the way I heard is good for when you're pregnant. I am not pregnant. I take it because someone said it helps with acne and I do find that it's wonderful for my skin. Side tip. <laughs> um, the next one came from Kai on Instagram who said she went and bought duplicates or travel size duplicates of all of her morning routine items and packed a separate toiletry travel bag that she like keeps packed all the time and actually keeps it in her suitcase. So when she's going on a trip, whether for fun or for work, it's already there. She's already got everything in it and she doesn't have to worry about forgetting a toiletry item or unpacking a whole bag when she gets home. Like it's an extra set of things. So yes, you do have to buy extras, but it just makes the packing process so simple. Yeah, it's autopilot. We started doing this years ago. I think when we realized our big giant contact solution was too big to travel with, we went out and bought the little one. And then we were like, wait, why don't we just buy little sized everything, throw it in. We have like a little zippered pouch. I'll link it in the show notes because I love it. It's like a waterproof container that even if things spill, it doesn't go beyond this like plasticized pouch. And it's so great. It's constantly packed. We're ready to go. I'm not running around saying like, did we get the lotion or whatever? It's just ready for us. Yeah. I think I probably at any given time own three deodorants and three hair gels because I have one in the bathroom, one down with my gym stuff in the office because I keep my workout clothes in the office and one in the toiletry bag. For a long time in New York, I kept deodorant in my purse. You're probably not the only person who does that. (laughs) Uh, Actually, there was a lot, I would say, maybe the biggest category, probably because people heard your example of having your stuff down in the kitchen, your morning routine stuff, about just moving things to the place where you will use them and not forget them, even if it's an unusual place. Like Hannah on Instagram said that she moved all of her makeup downstairs to her kitchen because she realized that one, she gets up first. Two, she has better lighting in her kitchen, apparently. And three, she can just put it on while her coffee is brewing. So like this otherwise dead time in her morning is now useful for a task she would have to go upstairs and do later anyways. Yeah, I realized after years of having makeup all over in weird places when we moved to Richmond, I finally put it in the car because I realized often we're driving somewhere. I haven't thought to do it at home. If it's in the car, I can do it real quick in the car. And on the off chance that I want to do my makeup at home, I can just pop out to the car and grab it. But I much more often than not do it in the car. So that's the best place for it. And there was a lot of people who were saying for kids, this is really helpful. Just like we put the socks downstairs for kids. Someone said they keep an extra set of toothbrushes and toothpaste in their downstairs bathroom. So after breakfast, kids can just do all that downstairs before they run out of the door. So they're not leaving with dirty teeth. I think it's smart. Wherever you remember to do something, there's not a wrong place, I think is what we're learning. Because we heard from so many people who did it so many different ways. And another example is that someone said they put a bowl of hair elastics in their mudroom after realizing it was a constant delay in the morning because right before they went out the door, they had to run around looking for these like ever elusive hair ties. So having a big bowl of them right by the door solved a sticking point. I think it's so smart. We keep like not only a brush downstairs where our socks and shoes are for our kids, but a we hairbrush. have- 
Yeah, hairbrush. We have paintbrushes downstairs too, but they're not for the morning routine. <laughs> right, but we also have like a lice deterrent spray and that's down in that cabinet because when we brush their hair before school, we also spray their hair with that. And we even have their probiotics and their vitamins in that cabinet. So it's a whole shebang of like four or five things we do when the cabinet doors open that culminates with socks and shoes. They put on the backpacks, we're out the door. Well, and we also got a lot of people who are using this idea of like putting things where you're going to use them when it comes to cleaning and making cleaning more convenient and more mindless, I guess. Like for instance, Jen on Instagram said that she keeps a pack of Clorox wipes and Windex wipes, which I didn't even know they made, but she keeps them in her bathroom drawer. So when her kids are taking a bath and she's in there, you know, for bath time, she can wipe down the sink counter and the mirrors because everything is right there and it's super convenient in this, I guess, wipe format. Right. And then Kelsey on Instagram said she keeps Arm and Hammer car wipes in the car and they're handy for doing some wipe downs. Like if she's parked waiting for a pickup or something in a parking lot, she just uses them. We actually <laughs> she's waiting for something in a parking lot. Sounds so. Oh yeah, it does. I was thinking <laughs> so Kro- sinister. Kroger click list. Like we go to the grocery store and they bring our bags to yeah. the car. It's wonderful. Well, when we do something similar where sometimes we keep some of those um, Swiffer duster pads, like not actually a full like Swiffer, not a Swiffer wet jet. No, <laughs> but we have those Swiffer sheets, maybe like three or four in the center console. And if I'm sitting there in the passenger seat, I'll dust around. Or if we're like sitting at the drive-through waiting for an order or something. They're just like nice to keep in the car because I don't think once in my life I've ever been like, it's Saturday, I'm going to go out and detail the car. You know, a lot of people do that. I know, we don't. (laughs) (laughs) Life hack, don't clean your car. (laughs) No, just do it in a parking lot while you're waiting for someone to bring something. I'm thinking like, you know, when you're in pickup line at school. I know what you mean, at night. In an empty parking garage. Right. Well, and Kelsey also said she likes to keep some cheap, small paintbrushes in her car because they're great for like dusting in the air vents or any other hard to get places. They're also good for keyboards, she said. I feel like I want little paintbrushes now. I would love to clean my keyboard. Never done that in my life. And also in the cleaning vein, and these are the tips that might sound contradictory, but maybe one version works for you better than the other. Uh, Rosemary on Instagram said that she buys duplicates of her cleaning supplies for her house. So like if you need a glass cleaner in your kitchen for the windows and your bathroom for your mirror, you have one in each room so that it's there when you need it. And you're not running around the house looking for it or bringing it up and downstairs. She even says she has a sweeper for each floor of her house so that she doesn't have to like, again, haul it back up and down the stairs. Right. And meanwhile, Hallie on Instagram didn't like running around for cleaning stuff. So instead, her solution was that she bought a bucket to wrangle all of her cleaning stuff within that bucket. She just carries the handle of the bucket and inside she has kitchen cleaners and bathroom cleaners and glass cleaners all of that in one bucket. And so someone listening might say, yeah, I like that because I don't have to store a ton of stuff. I don't want to buy a bunch of duplicates. But someone else listening might be like, no, actually having things under each sink so that while I'm in there, my kids are bathing, I could clean while they bathe. I think just take what works for you, leave what doesn't. I think we do a combination of the two. Like we do have a bucket with all of our cleaning supplies that we do sort of go to when we're doing like a a deep like whole house clean, I guess. Like when we have set aside some time to actually do some cleaning, we'll use the bucket. Right. But it is nice to have an extra bottle of glass cleaner up in the bathroom or the countertop cleaner so that when you do have a moment or you're walking by and you notice like the kids have left toothpaste all over the counter, it's there and you don't have to run down and get the bucket. So ours is somewhere in the middle. We've merged them. 
Also, Karen via voicemail said that she likes to space her furniture in a way that makes it easy to vacuum. I thought this was so smart. At first, I didn't get where she was going, and then she gave this example. She said, I like to keep a vacuum-sized space between our coffee table and our couch. That way, I'm not constantly pushing things around while I vacuum. And I immediately got it. Like, wow, she just runs the vacuum right through that stripe. It fits perfectly, and she doesn't have to move stuff all around to clean it anymore. Well, and probably the place we got the most cleaning specific tips was around laundry. I feel like laundry is a big issue or sticking point for people, specifically the sorting, folding, and putting away of laundry. For instance, R on Instagram says her big hack is that she does laundry by person. So each load is just for one person because that means when they come out of the dryer, you know they're all going back to one room and you're not going to inadvertently get someone else's socks mixed in. You know, all of the items are for one person. Right. She says she just dumps it on the bed in that room, folds it, puts it away in there. One room is done, crossed off the list. This is a question I have now that I just thought of. You know how they sell those like mesh laundry bags that you can wash stuff in? Yes, but that's too much trouble. Well, but I wonder because I feel like it would be inefficient to separate ours into four different loads because... We can do all of ours in one load. Yeah, usually. So I wonder if I could like dump someone's hamper into a mesh bag. I have an idea. What? What if we line the hampers with a mesh bag? We pull out the mesh bag and wash it in the mesh bag. Yeah. I like that idea. This might be worth giving a try. We would have to buy three mesh bags and ours would still be together because we share a hamper. Maybe we'll try this. I can clearly separate my underwear from your underwear. (laughs) And I do get my daughter's like... Like leggings all the time. She gets my black shirts all the time. Yes. This would help us from not confusing all of our wardrobe. Yeah, right now you guys are getting too similar in size. We also got this a bunch, which I thought was funny, was people who were finding their kids' clothes were not ending up back in their drawers because they typically did their laundry at night while their kids were sleeping, or at least they're folding at night. And so they didn't want to enter their kids' rooms and wake them up to put the laundry away. Within half an hour, I heard from four parents who were like, I do laundry when my kids nap in the afternoon or I do laundry when they're asleep for the night and I don't want to go in their room to wake them up. Again, I think this totally differs by household. Some kids will completely sleep through that. But two of the people I heard from within half an hour had the same solution and it was to decide to store the clothes somewhere else so they could be put away. Um, One person decided to use a hall closet. They said now their kids just go to the closet to get their clothes before school. It's completely fine. It's for a short phase of their life while they're napping and sleeping while laundry is being done and the other person decided to put them in their own closet and they find it easier to do it that way so it's again it's one of those whatever works I loved the solutions because the last line of both of these emails or messages was this works so much better for our family and we don't have laundry sitting around anymore now I can stay on top of laundry yeah we also heard from people who were just sort of loosening their own expectations of their laundry I guess like someone who said they just decided that I'm not going to fold pajamas or workout clothes anymore like those are not things that need to be nicely folded and so it's just so much faster to just throw them in a bin. Right. And the person who suggested that, her name's Beth on Instagram, she said she literally pulls those out of the pile first because there's something mental about the pile getting significantly smaller very quickly. It's like getting through the unglamorous middle part of your bathroom (laughs) renovation so you can get to the tiling part. Exactly. Well, the last thing I'll say about laundry was something I actually saw on Instagram. It was not something that was submitted to us for this, but remember we talked to Miranda Anderson last week. I saw she was showing her husband Dave's closet on her Instagram stories. And he had this solution for his workout clothes that I might adopt, where he has this shelf in his closet where he's got those um, like Ikea drawer divider bins. We actually just bought a bunch for our closet once we eventually build it. They're like little fabric bins. Yeah, they're super cheap and small. And in each bin, 
he puts away a complete workout outfit. So it's not like one bin has shorts, one has shirts. It's like one bin will have a shirt, a short, socks, underwear. I don't know what else goes in his bins, but it's a complete workout package. So in the morning, when he wakes up to go work out, he can just pull out one bin and everything is in there. Sherry was not super impressed by this. Well, I was just like, why don't you just do shirts and shorts and pants and just pull out an outfit that you want that day? Well, I was very impressed by it because as someone who often ends up with like a smorgasbord of workout clothes in their <laughs> <Smorgy-borgy>. drawer. Smorgie <laughs> Workout clothes are so slippery. <laughs> They're very slick. They don't like to stay very neat in my drawer. And so in the morning when it's early and it's dark, sometimes I have to like turn on my phone flashlight because I'm trying not to. <laughs> I look like a burglar. In your own house. In my own house in the morning. In the home office where no one is. So you could turn on the overhead light, BT does. It's so bright in the morning. (laughs) Anyways, I love the idea of just being able to pull a box out and having everything I need right there. Whatever works. So thank you, Miranda and Dave, for that tip. Uh, We also got some good advice sort of, I guess, around technology, you could say. Uh, One also came from Kelsey on Instagram. Kelsey, thank you for your many bolded tips. (laughs) She had learned from someone named Emily Lay that if you search unsubscribe in your inbox, like in your Gmail inbox, the results will show you like all the newsletters and like store emails and sale alerts that you're subscribed to, you know, anything that you can unsubscribe from. So if you're trying to cut down on your inbox clutter, that's a great way to get all of it in one place. Keep our newsletter. Yes, don't unsubscribe from the Young House Love (laughs) newsletter. This actually doesn't work on that. I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. Um, it does, but we'll miss you. Don't they have apps and stuff for like Unroll Me? And yeah, things? I love Unroll Me, but every once in a while it says Unroll Me has stopped working and yeah. it's annoying. Well, I've noticed on my iPhone that a lot of times on a newsletter or something up at the top, it will say unsubscribe like as a link at the top. So right. I started using that to do it manually. Right. But that you have to do it as each one rolls in. Yeah. I like the batch, like, you know, set aside 20 minutes, do all of it. That yeah. feels like you're cleaning up your life. Yeah, most of it, not the Young House Love newsletter. <laughs> um, Susan on Instagram said that she does a lot of online shopping, like on Amazon and stuff. And she was sick of the hassle of returning stuff, you know, printing off a label and like using packing tape to make it stick to the box. Yeah. And like markering the box because it has some other return address on it and you don't want it to go to that one. Yes. So she said she just bought a pack of letter size labels, you know, the kind you can send through your printer so that when she has to print a return label, it comes on something sticky and she can just slap it on the box. Yeah, that's smart. Well, I have to give props to Amazon for doing that thing now that you can do a lot of returns at the UPS store or at coal stores without even like packaging it up. Like I took something that we bought that didn't work and I just walked into the UPS store, showed them a QR code on my phone and then walked out. Like I didn't touch tape. I didn't touch a box. I didn't print a label. It was amazing. Yeah. And I've also heard that Kohl's even gives you a coupon. Like you go there to return something and you get a coupon to shop at Kohl's just for being in their store. So I feel like it is definitely upping the ease of returns. And I appreciate that. I also like this one from Robin who sent us an email saying she has really started relying on Siri reminders on her phone. I guess you could probably rely on your Amazon Echo as well for the same thing. Don't say her name. We'll have to bleep it. I didn't. Robin said she started using it because she didn't have paper in her car to write down things she had to remember. And so she started using her Siri on her phone to remind herself of just little stuff like where she parked in the parking deck at work. 
But then she also realized it's helpful for long-term reminders as well, which is something I never really thought about for Siri. Right. So she'll do something like change the air filter and then she'll immediately use her phone and ask Siri to remind her in 90 days to change the air filter or remind herself in six weeks to get her hair re-dyed or whatever thing she does sort of in these 90-day or six-week or six-months windows. Putting the reminder in Siri seems really smart to me. Yeah, I think you can even do a year, maybe two years. I don't know. Speaking of lists, actually, we got a voicemail from someone who still prefers a printed list, like a printed grocery list, but she had a really smart idea that she said she pre-printed some lists that have her usual purchases, you know, like milk, eggs, the things you are pretty much always buying every time you go to the store. And so she always starts with one of these pre-printed lists. And rather than having to like write the 10, 15, 20 items she's always buying, she can just circle them or write a quantity next to them every time she has to pick that up on her next trip. So it's like her list is mostly done for her every time she goes. She also mentioned that she groups things by location. So all the produce is together on the list. All the dairy is together on the list. So when she using the list in the store, it's also saving her time because she can just systematically go down the list and buy things in each section. I love this idea because it's an example of like, oh, maybe I don't want to spend the time printing a list, so I'll just keep writing them. But if you devote like 20 minutes to this task one time to make the list, I feel like it could save you hours later in life if you just continue the system. Um, Speaking of grocery shopping, Sayward on Instagram said that she was constantly not realizing she was out of eggs because they were in the opaque container that they came in. So like the cartons in the fridge, you can't tell whether it's empty or full. And so she said that she just went to Home Goods and spent a little bit of money on one of those egg trays that she can keep in her fridge so the eggs are actually out and visible so you can easily see when they're running low. So that way she's not forgetting eggs anymore. Who has done that thing where you lift up the egg cart and expect it to be very heavy and there's only like one egg and you almost throw it in the air because it's so light, like the egg is about to take flight? I saw a whole Twitter thread months ago about people being particular about how they remove eggs from the carton so that they keep it balanced which never crossed my mind. I just start on one end and work to the other end. Yeah, you just have to hold the egg carton carefully because at any moment it could tip backwards. It could try to fly out of your hand if it's too light. Well, I guess that's why some people say they work towards the middle or they alternate so that it always stays in balance. We don't do that. And guess what? It's okay. I don't know. I feel like this could be a whole other podcast segment (laughs) about egg organization. Maybe we're like those people who switch sides of the bed every night and people are like, who are you? You don't balance your eggs in the carton. Oh yeah, we have to update you guys on that. We'll do that next episode because we've got a lot going on this week. I forgot to mention this one earlier when you were talking about like putting things where you use them. Ashley on Instagram said that she keeps a pair of scissors in her dresser drawer upstairs because it comes in handy when she needs to like snip off a tag or like cut a loose thread or something. So I feel like we definitely need to do that. That seems very smart. Yeah, I put scissors and tape with our gift wrapping area. Yeah. Like instead of having to run everything down to the kitchen and grab the scissors and tape and I found that super helpful. So I love the idea of just little scissors for the stray threads and the tags. Um, Shannon gave us a tip about watering her plants where she said that rather than like walking around with a watering can or some cup that she has to refill constantly, she has a bucket that she keeps a small mason jar inside of. And when it's time to water her plants, she fills up the bucket and she walks around with the bucket and the mason jar and just like dips the mason jar into the bucket to refill it and then, you know, dumps that in the plant. That way she always has like a reservoir of water with her as she goes around the house. Yeah, so instead of walking back to the sink 50 times and like splitting off into each room back to the sink. Which is what Sherry does. I do that and I have lots of plants now. (laughs) So you could get yourself a bucket. This is smart. Yes, It it would also be an arm workout. I'm into it. 
And Melissa on Instagram, I liked this tip because it helps her stick to a budget. She said she buys herself an $100 Target gift card at the start of each month because that is her fun budget at Target. She doesn't want to end up rolling out of there every time she goes with $100 of stuff in the cart. So she's only allowed to use the gift card that month until it runs out. And if it runs out early, she's not allowed to spend any more money on fun stuff at Target. I think it's a really smart way, a tangible way to stick to a budget. Yeah, it's almost kind of like that cash only tip that people use sometimes when they're trying to budget, like make yourself an envelope of cash. And that's what you have to use because if you're going to go over budget, you have to do like the shameful thing of go to the bank and get more cash. Right. I think that could be useful for any store that you have trouble keeping within a budget at. So like whether it's Target or the grocery store or the clothing store that you like going to, like whatever it is, I think that's a a nice tangible tip that Melissa gave. Once I spent $35 on a meal just for me at Starbucks. (laughs) I kept adding little things thinking they'd be a dollar and it was $35. Nothing is a dollar at Starbucks. For one meal. So now I'm very nervous about Starbucks. I just get egg bites and I leave. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and you know what I just realized is we didn't share ours. Well, we've shared ours throughout the podcast, but we do have a few little ones that we thought of to share. While you guys were doing this at home, we were trying to figure out more sticking points and solve them and report back. So here's what we came up with. Yes. And I'm not going to say they're groundbreaking, but that's the whole point of these things is that they can just be little. Because our first one, and probably the biggest improvement, revolves around chip clips. Chip clips. We used to have a motley crew of chip clips. They were like gifts from your mom. They'd come home randomly, like from school. We had clothespins that we used for a while. Yeah, binder clips. Like we just had a random- binder clips all the time work with what you got guys (laughs) and they work just fine so like i don't think i'm saying you have to go out and get a beautiful uniform pack of chip clips but i think our motley crew had gone missing over the years or broken and so we were kind of down to bare bones in terms of things to clip bags of chips or of cereal and so i think since we had been in this mindset of like you only use like leftover things as chip clips it was novel for us to actually just like go buy a pack of clips to use like now we have a stash of actual chip clips and not only did we improve our lives by buying them but we also now clip them to the bin in our pantry where we keep those things so they're also right at hand it makes it easier on us also makes it easier on our kids so that we can have more success with them actually clipping things they're very cute they're a rainbow of colors and it makes the pantry very happy yeah and they're small too they're not like some massive plastic behemoth well they're meant for chips they're not like from the junk drawer. oh no i've seen what target sells <laughs> target does sell some giant like four inch by four inch chip clip this is not what these are no um another improvement that we made a while ago, but we improved upon it, is that some of you may know that we keep a phone charging cord behind our couch. I don't think anyone knows that. You don't think? I feel like we've probably said it at some point. No, I wrote in my journal <laughs> like oh. six years ago. I always write things I'm grateful for, and sometimes there are new discoveries. And I wrote my six-foot cord behind the couch to charge my phone. Because the novel thing about it was getting it so long, six-foot cord is so long, that you can sit on either side of the couch instead of feeling like glued to one side or one end of the couch. It's just easy because sometimes when I'm on the couch, I want to stay on the couch and I don't want to get up and charge my phone and then my phone vibrates. I'm like, oh, someone texted me. I need to get up and see what they sent. So I like the ease of the charging cord behind the couch. And my recommendation is don't get a short little one, get a six-footer. So you can reach it anywhere that you lounge. Yes. And the thing we did more recently is we noticed that our old one was starting to get a little bit frayed and not working so well. So we replaced it because we realized it brought us so much happiness and convenience that we should put a little bit of money into making sure it can continue to function fully. I journaled about it. (laughs) Just if you remember anything from this segment, remember that. (laughs) 
People are really wondering what else is in this journal right now. Guys, my journal is riveting. Well, and speaking of riveting, the last thing that we did that was a big improvement was I added more people to my online bill pay. Again, I know that sounds kind of simple, and I've been using online bill pay for a long time to pay lots of my bills. Like, I love it. I love being able to just, like, put that amount in the app on my phone and be done paying a bill. But I realized over the last month that I had a lot of bills that were still, like, old-school paper bills because they were from, like, local companies like our local trash company or the guy that cuts our grass out in Cape Charles. You know, people who have not converted to an online system. But my bank allows me to manually input people into my online bill pay. Like I add their name and address and my account number or whatever, you know, things that they will need on the check to know it's from me. And so I took the time to add those people in. So now most of my monthly bills are all digital and it makes paying them so much easier because there's not that whole like write a check, get a stamp, fold in an envelope sort of rigmarole. Yes, exactly. I should close this by saying, please keep sending these into us because we're happy to do updates in future episodes or another whole segment if we can continue to get more of them. I always take away something from hearing them, even if it is not a specific application to my life. I just love to hear how people are identifying the problems or sticking points that they're having and then finding solutions for them. So please, please, please keep sending them in. Yes. And next up we have our digging. One involves boxes and one involves books. (laughs) That's very descriptive. I don't have anything witty to say. One is a rectangle. Also, another one is a rectangle. (laughs) But first, we have to take a quick break. I wanted to tell you guys about some of the stuff I recently ordered from this week's sponsor, Grove Collaborative. This is with our own money and stuff. It's not comped. We've been customers of theirs for years. But they're that online marketplace that sells products that are all natural, non-toxic, and healthy for your home. Yeah, I mean, every time we place a Grove order, it's because we feel like it's worth spending our own money on it. That's the thing. I don't think people realize that Grove is actually a great way to save money, and that's why it appeals to us. Like, I frequently find the natural products I like and want to buy on Grove for less than the places I used to shop. Well, yeah, I mean, that shampoo you ordered recently is a great example. Right. I was looking for a new shampoo and conditioner. I obviously wanted something that I was sure wasn't full of nasty chemicals. Our kids use this shampoo too. And I zeroed in on this stuff called a cure. And it was Grove that had the best price. So I ordered it through them. I got myself some coconut oil too while Uh, I was at it. Of course you would. (laughs) Well, and new Grove customers can get their first order ship free along with a bunch of other freebies when you sign up at grove.co slash YHL. That's not .com. It's grove.co slash YHL. Like, they'll give you a 60-day VIP membership, which, by the way, gets you free shipping on every order. And they'll throw in a free five-piece Mrs. Myers cleaning set in the sense of your choice. Again, just make sure you sign up at grove.co slash YHL. People are just chomping in the bit to find out what these rectangles are. I mean, they're both exciting objects that are rectangular, and they're both involving paper. Oh, oh, (laughs) rectangles and paper. It just keeps getting better, guys. Okay, so the thing I'm loving, it's a three-in-one piggy bank for kids. And we have been giving our kids an allowance for a little while now, and we love the idea of spend, save, and donate or share. I don't know if you guys have seen on like Pinterest, people do it in glass jars. We had been saving pickle jars, and then I realized it's just kind of my nightmare to have three glass jars in the kids' rooms that can be knocked off the ledge and shatter glass everywhere. So I went looking online, and a surprisingly small amount of people make a piggy bank that's devoted to spending, saving, and sharing, because we're trying to teach our kids to be giving. We're trying to teach them to save up their money, but we're also trying to say like, look, if you want to get cool markers or great Play-Doh, 
That's coming from the spend box. Right. And each week they get their allowance. We encourage them to decide for themselves how they want to split up their money. It's very sweet, actually. After the boxes came, they put the most in the share box. And I've never been more proud because I thought they'd just divide it evenly and that would have made me happy. But they put the extra in the share box. So I love them because they're really cute little designed boxes. They're $18.99, but it is for three banks. And you kind of line them up on a shelf and they look like books, which I love. They're like cutely designed boxes that look like three hardcover books stacked together. And they're magnetized. So you just open them without having to take like a rubber cork. You know, there's not like the shaking of the ceramic object and the fighting with the rubber cork. They're much better designed than that. I love this method. And they've been working really well. I'll put a link in the show notes. I just think they're so cute because they really look like well-designed, colorful, bright, hardcover books. But the secret is the kids' money is in there. Well, and the rectangle I'm digging this week that also involves paper and looks like a book because it is a book is a book. It's a book. John's digging a book. (laughs) Yeah. This is one of the best word digging segments I think we've ever done. So good at words. (laughs) Yes. Well, the person who's really good at words is the author of this book, Tara Westover. It's a book called Educated, which you guys probably have heard about because it's been out for a while and it's been like on all the lists and stuff. But I just finally got through the queue at my library to check it out. So I read it last month and I just enjoyed this book so much. It's been the first book in a long time that I actually kind of read slowly because I didn't want to get to the end of it. Like I wanted to savor it. The gist of the story is that it's a memoir about a woman who is about our age now and how she grew up in a very, I'll say unique household where her family basically lived off the grid in a way, like not just energy wise, but like they didn't trust the government or the schools or the hospitals. And so they were a self-sufficient family that was almost you know, preparing for some doomsday. And she tells such like a a vivid and compassionate story about how this circumstance made her the person that she is today because she grew up, you know, off the grid. Like she, to this date, doesn't know her exact birthday because her parents didn't get a birth certificate when she was born because they didn't believe in that, you know. And there's harrowing stories about like, you know, accidents like a car accident or a, a work accident where they don't go to the hospital and they they deal with it at home, even though they're very severe, life-threatening things that happen. Like, it's a miracle some of these people survive them. So she tells all of that and then also tells the story of how she grew beyond that, how she herself um, decided that she wanted to get an education and studied and got her GED and got herself into Ivy League colleges and then studied at Cambridge. Like, she becomes a remarkable person out of this situation. And so just to hear her journey was just a great story. And so if you can get on the list at your library or pick it up at a store, I highly recommend it if you haven't read it already. Again, it's called Educated by Tara Westover. Thanks for listening to Young House Love Has a Podcast. And thanks again to everyone who submitted tips for today's episode. If you heard one that you especially liked or plan to put in action, please share it with us and others on social media. And if you know someone who might like this episode, please pass it along. Yeah, and you know we love hearing what you guys do while you listen, like Nancy, who left us a voicemail saying she rounded up three bags of old towels to take to a local animal shelter after hearing Miranda talk about it last week. I love that. And if you want to check out some pictures and links that go along with all the little life hacks we talked about today, just head over to the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast. There's stuff like our long charging cord, the toiletry bags, and of course, the chip clips. Yeah, and there's also an updated picture of our bathroom progress and a link to those cool piggy banks we got for the kids. Later. Bye. Who has 
done that thing where you lift up the egg cart and expect it to be very heavy and there's only like one egg and you almost throw it in the... Sure, <laughs> just hit the mic. 